Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as He makes all things new. We are excited to pursue His heart for the greatest city on earth in the center of the city. Moving through the Spirit and Justice series, we have one more week left. Um, and then it culminates on Pentecost Sunday, spirit really representing the church and justice representing the way that we walk out the church's mission in the world, that um, naturally loving people and naturally stepping out, loving those who can give us nothing is really what I think love is. Love is not loving someone who's going to reciprocate it. <laughs> um, Jesus said everyone does that. Everyone would love somebody that they love, that maybe that our love really begins after our family and after those that we see the intrinsic benefit in loving. Uh, Spirit and Justice is about seeing the way Jesus walked through the world, loving all of those who came in their path, came in his path in a specific way whether it's praying for healing, praying for demons to be cast out, um, feeding people, that there was a myriad of ways that he used all these tools at, at his disposal as fully man and fully God to help people. But I was thinking about this phrase of turning upside down and um, how we're called to live so counterintuitively to the way the world lives. And it's not an easy thought to have because it means that you stick out a little bit. It's all right. I stick out everywhere I go. (laughs) But it means that we don't blend in very well. It means that we are um, those who see from heaven's perspective. Sometimes you got to just see with heaven's eyes. You know what I'm saying? A little Prince of Egypt. uh Reference. See him with heaven's eyes. <laughs> a thread in a <the> tapestry. <laughs> That's an awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. So <laughs> that we have to see the earth the way God does it. Because you know what I'm saying? If I see the world and act the way the world wants me to, I'm supposed to be in a black church on the south side. I'm supposed to be, you know what I'm saying, I, I'm, I should be living a life that looks the way the neighborhood looks. I should be like around those who are just like me. That's the world that is calling us to live in an intuitive way, but yet we are called to live in a counterintuitive way. We're called to go against the grain. We're called to go against the uh, current. And some, I don't know, it just makes you uncomfortable. It's like, oh, you know, I just want to go with the flow. I can be a little easygoing. Sometimes I think maybe I'm a little too easygoing, you know what I mean? Um, but in the t- ways that I believe God has called me to, I can be also confrontational. Because the enemy is very good at what he does, Right? What does the enemy do? He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. That's like pretty easy. We still argue over things, you know what I'm saying? But he's killing, he's destroying, and he's dividing. That's what the enemy does, you know what I'm saying? 
things that are very demonic in this world are full of that. And it's, it's hard to know what our posture is supposed to be in the midst of it. As those, you know what I'm saying? We feel like we got like just a little slingshot, you know what I'm saying? We're in World War II and we have a slingshot. It's like, Jesus is like, go love people, bring peace, heal the sick, uh, you know what I mean? Close the, close the poor. And we're like, okay, I got a slingshot. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The enemy got bazookas. Boo, boo, boo. Violence and all this stuff. And we're like, ah. I'm holding up my little banner. <laughs> But it's a powerful way that we um, move through the world, and it is something that is not, um, it's sometimes recognized more by the enemy than it is by us, which is why he attacks the very simplest things we do. Everywhere I go, everywhere I do, it seems like resistance. It seems like it's not easy as it should be, because your very presence Piss as hell off. I can say piss. That's a, a Christian cuss word, sort of. It, it does. And if we only knew what it looked like when an enemy flared up, you can be like, ooh, this is old term. It's like when you spot them, you got them. People have a bad attitude for no reason with you. You're like, what is, what is going on? But today our passage is from Acts. And Acts is a lot of activity, <laughs> beginning with the birth of the church, which is the day of Pentecost, is about Acts 2 and ending in Acts 28, talking about Paul's travels around the world. Now, in between, there's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of confrontation of demons, of enemy that happen. Roughly in Acts, every chapter is about two years. So when you're reading through it chronologically, you go, okay, this is just a chapter, but this is happening about two years. Acts is, was written also by Luke the physician. When it traveled around to different churches, it was called the Luke Acts. They, they came together as one. And therefore, that stands for the very precise nature. If you read Luke of the Gospels, it is very specific and precise in the way that Luke writes it and specific to his personality. Acts also is like that as well, that it's really taken us on a colorful journey throughout this world of Europe as they are going places being persecuted, they are going places of being welcomed, but they are continuing to preach the gospel. Now, this particular passage, which is found in Acts 17, is Paul and Silas in Thessalonica. They were staying with Jason and Alexander. Now, as usual, what Paul does is he goes to the synagogue, first to the Jews on the Sabbath, and he begins to wrestle with the scripture with them there. He explains to them who Jesus is, and since they know the Old Testament, it should make sense. But a lot of people were resistant simply because they believed in the Old Testament so much and a picture of the Messiah that they thought should look like. People were just very resistant sometimes, yet and still, Paul and Silas persevered. They went from city to city to city. So when you're reading Thessalonians, First and Second Thessalonians, it is about this portion of scripture, the things that are happening, and as Paul is writing a letter to the church that is there. 
that was founded after this visit. And it says in 5, Acts 17 and 5, but the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason. This is where they were staying. He was hosting them and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the roofs of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. They took money from them, saying that as long as they don't preach here, this is money securing to know that they won't preach here anymore. Bring out the ones who have turned the world upside down. Dang, that's a statement right there. Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. In particular, the Acts is important because it is the Acts. It's not the thoughts of the apostles. It's not the theories of the apostles. It's not the, uh, really the concerns of the apostles that never came to light. They were Acts. They were actively walking out their faith in whatever they did. This is important that we take our faith to the theater, that we take our faith to the theater of life. Sometimes we are just believing things that we have never seen. We live in a world that is full of opinions, but very short on experience. We are over-opinionated. I think I mentioned this before. We're over-opinionated and under-experienced. So theory is big, like, oh, man, imagine if this would happen. Let's talk online about all these things that are going on. But we don't have the experience to send our roots deep into the ground because that's what experience does. Theory keeps it as a, at a shallow level. We don't really have this, like, depth of seeing God show up. And so when things, when storms come and, you know, they come and, you know, try to sweep us off, then our tree just topples over because our roots are not very deep. Their theory. I am not here to bring you theory. I'm here to bring you my experience with God. In return, hopefully that we would continue to grow deep into the soil. This is what this workshop is about. Practical presence. It's about us growing our roots deep into the soil. So that when the next thing comes, which is going to be very difficult, most likely, we are not toppled over because we are just under-experienced. That God works when we move. That maybe we should be those who are full of acts and love, not thoughts and prayers. Prayer is amazing. Trust me, prayer is wonderful. Prayer and action is an amazing combination. This is called spirit and justice, right? So we need both of those. We need very spiritual people who are giving over and transformed by Jesus Christ, by his salvation that he has put inside of us and those who are convicted enough to take that out into the world, that we wouldn't just leave it on Sunday and then revisit it on Sunday and then revisit it again on Sunday. But we would be those who are on fire to love 
God. That would be one of the worst things you could say about a life, maybe. Because I didn't really know if they, did they love Jesus? I don't know. I'm unsure. That these acts make sure that we are those who continue to walk with Jesus and not just stay in theory. That's the influence of Greek philosophy. Like Greek philosophy was very influenced by Jewish prophets and Hebrew literature. It's very influenced. But also this world has been really influenced by Greek philosophy and thought to where we can talk about things more. We talk about what we believe more than we actually walk them out. Jesus was a man of action. That he wanted to see God move. When you see me, you've seen the Father. That his life was a continual testimony of God's goodness. Do people know what you think or do they know who you are? And for some reason, our putting our experience in life out there is what helps us work through these times. This life is turned upside down. Social media is just full of what we think, what our opinion is, what we would do in this scenario, what we would do in that scenario. If I were there, this wouldn't happen. But our love without action is impotent at best. That it should look like something. In First Peter, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but have now are a people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, his own special people. And speaking of turning the world upside down, this legend has it that Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't consider it himself worthy enough to be crucified the way Jesus was. Yes, that same Peter, who we ridicule for being a coward, who we ridicule for being impulsive, didn't count himself worthy to even die the same way that Jesus did. Wow. A life that is given over to him. Imagine doing something that has nothing to do with violence, that has nothing to do with taking power for yourself, and someone saying, man, they came in here and they turned my world upside down. Everything that I thought was one way has become the other. And no matter how long the world goes on, and it will go on and continue to go on, the gospel of Jesus Christ will always feel like this. It will always feel radical and counterintuitive. But it's how much do we engage with that reality of who God is. That it's hard that our our disobedience makes us think we don't hear God sometimes. You know, I tell my son, Elijah, (laughs) I tell him, there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? You can hear me, 
But listening is a much different posture. And we will convince ourselves that we don't hear God anymore. I don't hear him. Nope, I don't hear him. Because that one thing that he told us to do that we didn't want to do and we're not going to do and we're never going to do cuts off the rest of us actively listening to him, you know? He's like, this, just this one thing, you should really do it. That is counterintuitive to the world. You just do what you want to do. You just make up stuff. You just go out through life, and then God in his still small voice gives you a small action. And we go, oh, I don't know about that. It's crazy, this, this world. Upside down. St. Francis of Assisi was a man who ministered to the poor, gave up all that he had to, per, to follow Jesus Christ. It was said that he would look between his legs so that he could remember that the world is not what it seems. That he would remember everything is upside down. He would look at the world because... It is. From that perspective, it doesn't look as solid. Everything seems to be fragilely hanging by a thread, almost suspended in space, and you realize how much we depend on God. It's reminiscent of this verse in Job 26 and 7. He stretches out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. Nothing. This is what the world exists on. That is all hanging by this fragile thread, yet we look around and it all seems solid. I can believe what my eyes say. I know exactly what's going on. I'm living in a world where things seem to be topsy-turvy. We need to find a new place to live. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to move our family all over again. And it's like, oh, Lord, what is going on? Things are topsy-turvy, but my heart feels very different than what I see. Like, no matter what I see, God has given me the perspective that I'm hanging on to him. This word, hang, he hangs the earth on nothing, also means he suspends the earth on nothing, which also means the world is dependent upon God. That this earth that is floating and seems to be solidly held together by science and uh, gravity and it's just floating in the middle of space on a word from the Lord. Wow. That is amazing. He stretches out the north over empty space and he hangs it on nothing. That sounds like seeing the world upside down. But how do we do it? Like, it, okay, all right, I get it. I believe you. You convinced me. We need to be living our life. We need to be, how do we flip the world upside down? All I can tell you is it's about not theorizing that we are in love, but acting like it, that we are in love. If I am in love, it should be evident. And I can't give you the whole list of what to do to be in love. Because this is different for everyone. 
Some people want to cook. Some people want to clean. Some people want to take you on a trip. Some people want to go on a long walk. Some people want to go to the beach. Some people want to go to the mountains. We tried the list thing, remember? It was the law. It's called the law, right? Give me the list so I can convince people I'm in love with you, God. He's like, eh, no list. <laughs> Just be in love. I need a list. <laughs> Just be in love. That's it. No greater love has one than this who lays down their life for his friends. But imagine us as Missio Day, humble park, full of love, full of peace, loving the world. What is possible? What, what really is possible? Seeing the dead raised to life, this city that is obviously hurting healed as we are beginning to shrink away from all the violence that is happening. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. It's another summer. It's getting hot. And we know it's just going to be violence. Let me hunker down the way I hunker down in the winter and just wait for it all to pass over. But we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation who attack the things of the enemy in an upside-down manner. We don't do it the same way the world does it. That God, of course, is keeping this earth hanging, but our roots are going deep. Because we plan on acting in love and not just theorizing about love, about what it should look like. It should look like something. Trust me, honey, I love you. I really love you. It should look like something, not just words. That's the way it is with Jesus. Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. How wild is that? There is another king, Jesus. Our political affiliations are not our faith. There is another king, Jesus. The times we live in now are rough, tough and we are facing all kind of obstacles, but there is another king, Jesus. That we're so worried about policies that we forget that Jesus came for people. That's who he came for. He came for us, and I'm so glad he does. That in life, I grew up as an evangelical um, and what was called charismatic Christianity, and I was warned of the perils of illicit sex, drugs, clothing. I never heard about racism, white supremacy, or any of those things. I never heard about any of that stuff, but I was very fully aware of how much of a sinner I was if I thought a sinful sexual thought, that we would not be so, that we wouldn't grab for things in this world to forget our one true love, who is Jesus. And we, it's very difficult for us to pursue both in this world. And understanding that it's Jesus. Jesus never threw me on the hood of a car. 
Jesus never treated me a certain way because of my skin color. But understanding we live in a world that there is another king, and that king is Jesus. Let us turn our eyes to heaven and despise the perspective of a world full of limitations for a world that is limitless. Let us forfeit the keys to a world for the keepsakes of another. Let us lay down our rights in the here and now to receive the freedom of eternity. Let us lose sight of success on earth so that we may light the darkness with the glory of heaven. Let us leave the notions and find our place as his holy nation. Let us forget our jealousy and remember we are desired by Jesus. Father, I just thank you today that you love us with this everlasting love and that you keep us close to your heart. Let everything that we walk through be yielded before you. Help us to be known as those who turn the world upside down, who love so ridiculously that people go, I've never seen anything like that before, that our love would be arrayed towards those who can't return the love, and as such it is purified in the fires and refined by your unity. Lord Jesus, let your spirit permeate all that we do. Give us a hunger, a new hunger for you, and let your kingdom come.